You're listening to the Business with Purpose podcast with your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. This podcast takes you behind the scenes with some of the world's most generous entrepreneurs, from the CEOs of mission-driven brands to directors of small community nonprofits and everything in between. Molly is sitting down with men and women who believe in changing the world not only through their personal lives, but also their professional careers. And now, here's Molly. Welcome to the Business with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and I am honored to be in the presence today of one Mrs. Erin Littleton. She is the founder, director, CEO, master of all things for the Mighty River Project. And the Mighty River Project is a nonprofit that I have actually, I found out about the Mighty River Project a few years ago. Um, And so I'm going to have Erin talk a little bit about today, the founding of the Mighty River Project, what they're doing, and how you can learn more about them and get involved and all that kind of stuff. But first, Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to see you. Uh, it worked out really well that you were in the Triangle today because Erin does not actually live in Raleigh. She lives in Winston-Salem. Yep. And so she happened to be in the area today. And so she gets to hop on the show. It's going to be a good time. So first, Erin, um, what I like to have uh, my guests do is just sort of give our listeners the Erin Littleton 101. So sort of like where you, you know, how did you get to where you are today? You don't have to share your whole life story unless, I mean, I mean, if you want to, you totally can. But, you know, what I am really looking for is more for you just to kind of give a little bit of background, how you kind of, where you kind of came from, where you went, and what ultimately led you and your husband Scott to start the Mighty River Project. Yeah, so um, Scott and I both graduated from Carolina uh, in 2005. Go Heels! And, um, yeah, go Tar Heels. Um, and 2005 was a great year for the Tar Heels. Um, but anyway, that so... That was, they won the national championship, for those of you that are unaware of Carolina basketball history. <laughs> yeah, you're going to want to Google that game. Google that game, um, it was a good one. It was. But so we graduated, um, that was in May. In August, we got married, um, and then in January of the next year, so 2006, we moved to Uganda. Um, and you didn't just, like, go to visit. Like, you moved there. No, we moved there for about seven months. Yeah. Um, and basically, we went sight unseen to a children's home for um, orphaned and abandoned children. Um, and we were just basically caregivers to those 60 or 70 kids for seven months. Um What we found out while we were there was that many of the kids, probably over half of the kids who were in that orphanage, um, were not orphaned. They just had parents um, who couldn't provide for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that might have been because of just simple poverty. It might have been because of... um, like a, a disability on, on the part of the parents. It might have been a disability on the part of the children. But just for whatever reason, they couldn't um, parent their children. And so these children were placed in the care of a children's home. Um, and that just didn't sit right with, with our plumb line of justice, mm-hmm. that there were these ladies out here. And, I, I mean, it was primarily you know, many single moms, um, there were these ladies out here that they weren't bad people. They weren't bad moms. They, they didn't, um, see their kids as a burden. They just literally and physically could not come up with the money to give their kids what they needed. And so they had to place their kids in the care of somebody else. Um, 
and we loved those kids like crazy, but we couldn't love them in the same way and care for them in the same way as their mom could in a family setting. Yeah. Um, and so the more we thought about that um, in the years, even after we came back from Uganda, um, the more kind of itchy it made us in the soul um, and the more we wanted to do something about that. When we first came back, we thought that we would eventually go back and start um, you know, something similar like a, a children's home to care for more orphaned and abandoned kids. But um, the more we thought about it, we were like, gosh, um, you know, if we could get on, on the front end of this and if we could hold the moms up a little bit mm-hmm. until they could get on their feet, um, then that whole cycle of abandonment and that cycle of poverty could, at least for the people that we could touch, be broken. Um, and so the more we thought about it, the more we thought, well, what, you know, we want this to be sustainable. Um, we don't want it to just be us handing cash to ladies every month. Yeah. And so as we were talking to our dear friends in Uganda who know the culture better than we do, um, they said, you know, Uganda is a really resourceful place. It's a really um, like lots of women have craft skills that have been passed down. And so. Um, we were able to um, partner with a group of vulnerable women, and they could be vulnerable for lots of different reasons. We have some ladies with chronic illnesses. We have some ladies who have congenital disabilities. We have some ladies who have been abandoned by um, their husbands who are the sole breadwinners. Um, So just for lots of different reasons, these ladies um, are vulnerable because um, I, I think that it's hard to think about You know, America in many ways is such an empowering place for women. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that in many ways, like equality um, has been reached. But but in many ways, it's it's so much more empowering to be um, in this country than in many developing countries. Absolutely. Um, And so it's hard to think about um, these ladies um, just not having any means of starting over after maybe they're abandoned by a spouse. Um, but so what what we ended up deciding to, to build our business around um, was the concept that these ladies have craft skills and they could use those craft skills with a little creative marketing on our part um, to sustain their families. Um, and so that is the main part of the Mighty River Project. Um, is to support these ladies and find market for their craft products. Um, We have right now nine ladies. Um, Most of them make baskets that are beautiful and colorful. They're beautiful. um, I own many, many, many many baskets. Molly is her biggest basket fan. Um, (laughs) It's true. But they're they're beautiful. They're functional. um, They are widely used in the culture in Uganda. Like, for example, um, if you go to a wedding in Uganda, when they exchange the dowry, the dowry is brought in in these banana fiber baskets. Oh, wow. Um, And so we've gotten to, like, witness some of those ceremonies. So they're they're very integrated into the culture. And that's something that we're excited um, about and proud of. But so they do the banana fiber baskets. We've got one lady, um, Rita, who is our seamstress, and she does um, little zipper pouches and um, bags and aprons and 
things like that, textiles. Um, and then we've got one lady who makes rolled paper bead jewelry. Um, and you hear paper beads, and if you've never seen them, you think that sounds like it's going to fall apart on my neck. Mm. Um, but they're varnished several times, and um, they're beautiful, really beautiful, really unique, and really durable. Um, and so those are what our nine ladies do. Um, that is the main thing that we do is is provide that employment. Um, and so these ladies get a consistent monthly income. Um, and then secondly, um, they get every lady has a medical sponsor who provides every month a stipend so that anytime this lady or her kids, anyone basically in her household needs to go to the doctor, they can go to the doctor. We partner with a couple of different clinics in a couple of different areas. And so that's always accessible for them. Um, and that's including um, childbirth and, and prenatal visits and things like that because healthy babies are important. Yeah. Um, and then um, we also, about a year ago, started a school sponsorship program so that these ladies' kids, while the moms are getting back on their feet, we want these kids to be educated in the meantime because that's really what's going to, you know, break that that cycle of poverty is is having these kids have a leg up in their future. So, yeah, um, those are some of the main things that we do. That's amazing. Yeah, I um, I'm trying. I was trying to think about it this morning of when I first learned about the Mighty River Project because I know it was. Um, I mean, we have a mutual friend, Diana, and um, I had gone to Kenya in 2011, and Diana and I were on um, the Kenya trip together, and I guess it was maybe on that trip that Diana told me about the Mighty River Project, so it might be 2011, I feel like. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, and then... Um, and then I went to, uh, Diana had Aaron over at her house, and I got to see the baskets in person for the first time, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to need to buy 700 of these. All of the baskets. Not, not literally 700, but a lot. <laughs> but, um, and then I, I started, you know, I, as I learned more about the Mighty River Project, I just, I fell in love with what you guys are doing. Because I think what was really important, what you were saying, where you were saying, like, it's not a handout. Like, you're, you're not just handing them cash and being like... You know, good luck. You're not wiping your hands of it. And you're really empowering these women because they're savvy. They are savvy business owners. They're smart. They're talented. They're just – they their skills are just amazing. And they just they just need that support and they need that kind of – just that encouragement. Um, and a lot of times they need sort of those the resources that they might not necessarily have access to. Um and so what um, – so now Mighty River Project is a nonprofit. A lot of businesses especially um, kind of go back and forth on, okay, especially in, in your field, like do we go for the, the for-profit route? Do we go the nonprofit route? What made you guys decide to go the nonprofit route and, um, you know, what's that been like? Uh, you know, when we started, it was interesting. We thought that we were going to um, – our, our family was going to live in Uganda. Yeah. Um, and – run this ourselves from over there. And what ended up happening was that um, as we were kind of fundraising, it, it didn't come in the way we wanted it to in the early stages, yeah. um, which is fine. And I think, you know, there's, we're where we need to be. And it ended up being really um, kind of beautiful because instead of us going over kind of as, um, oh, well, we're American, and so we, we obviously know better than you. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we didn't ever want it to be like that, but um, it, 
it kind of grew in a really organic Ugandan way. Um, it's led by Ugandans over there. And so um, it was really neat. But the reason that we started the 501c3 nonprofit um, is just because we were thinking of it in a more traditional kind of yeah. um, missionary way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kept it. I mean, we could have converted um, to a more traditional business model, but we chose to keep it as a 501c3 mainly because um, we do accept those donations um, according to kind of the rules of nonprofits. Yeah. Um, we have to have a certain ratio of uh, donations versus sales. Mm-hmm. And we're really, really blessed that we have been able to um, receive those donations for sponsorship and things like that, um, you know, to kind of give the ladies kind of extra on top of, of what they earn. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I'm going to, I'm biased towards one of your artisans. Um, her, so Rita is actually, um, she's the, we had talked a little about her earlier. She's the textile mm-hmm. um, guru, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Um, and my family, we actually sponsor Rita. And mm-hmm. we've been um, sponsoring her f- ever since you launched the sponsorship program. Yeah, three or four years. Yeah. And so I remember as soon as, like, as soon as you announced the sponsorship program, I was just like, yep, okay, <laughs> done. <laughs> and um, it's been really, it's been great because, I mean, I've never met Rita in person, but, um, you know, being able to communicate with her back and forth through, you know, letters and things like that and um, just the getting the updates. And um, one thing that's, I mean, amazing about Rita, she's like real-life mom goals, you guys. Okay, she has eight, eight daughters, eight Eight children, they're all girls. And she is like, they're, I mean, I have a picture of them on my fridge and in our playroom. And I just, I just, I'm like, I don't know how she does it. I mean, she's like, a, I mean, she's a working mom. And she has eight daughters. I mean, all of the hormones, I can't imagine. Um, but talk a little bit about somebody like Rita um, or like one of your artisans, just sort of their, how did you get connected with her? And, you know, just what kinds of, what, an impact um, working with the Mighty River Project has had for Rita? Yeah, so Rita is one of our single moms, but when we met her, um, she was not a single mom. And so she has these eight daughters, and um, when she gave birth probably a year and a half ago to her littlest daughter, um, Grace. Yes, which, by the way, um, her oldest daughter is about 21, and so she's got a big span of ages there. So um, she's got a lot of help, but she's also got a lot of responsibility. But So when baby girl was born, um, the husband looked at Rita, and he said, "Um, you know, I need a male heir, and you have not produced a male heir. And obviously, like, didn't know very much about genetics at that point because yeah. he would have known that he's the one who determines that. Yeah. Um, but he said, I'm going to find someone who will produce a male heir for me. And so um, Rita was left at that point um, with these eight children to provide for. Yeah. And she had been kind of supplementing the family income with um, working with the Mighty River Project. But her husband was the main breadwinner in the family. And so for her and eight kids, eight kids is a lot of kids to provide for. Yeah. And so we were able to firstly step up our orders with Rita 
and say, you know, we're going to stand in the gap for you until you get back on your feet. And secondly, help her. For a while, she wanted to keep her workshop um, because she felt like it was going to kind of help her add to her sales and be a place where she could kind of pull away from her girls and work. She's since figured out that the best thing is for her to sew at home. Yeah. But for a while, we were able to stand in that gap. We kind of have like a little fund saved up for emergencies like that, that think just things that are unforeseen, but that there's just no way that these ladies, as they're getting back on their feet, can, can, um, can do on their own and um so we were able to use our part of our emergency fund to help her keep that shop for as long as she wanted to keep it um and so she um you know is able to provide for those girls but I think the neatest thing um in Rita's case is that her basically when she was with her husband um all of her income was going to the girls school fees because Mm -hmm. in Uganda um, as in, you know, much of Africa, there's no free public education. Um, and so if you want your your children to be educated, you have to cough up the money for it. Um, and most of her salary at that time was going to, to the education of her girls. And so when the husband left and that money had to be reallocated, um, she didn't know how she was going to send her girls to school. Um, but that was right about the time that we were able to step in with our our school sponsorship program. So every single one of her daughters who's school-aged um, now has a school sponsor. And it's been really neat um, just to see how those – I mean, so that's nine nine people, eight or nine people here who are just championing Rita's family. Yeah. And it's been really neat to see um, – you know, we screen all the letters to make sure there's nothing crazy going yeah. on. And it's just been really neat to see um, the dialogue that's come between um, these girls and their mom and then the sponsors because um, they know they have a champion. Yeah. Um, and and it's just been really neat to, to kind of watch that process unfold and also to see Rita breathe the sigh of relief that I'm like, wow, yeah, I can, you know, my family can have both. I can feed them and educate them. Yeah. So. Oh, oh I love it. Um, you know, so how does the school sponsorship program work? Yeah. So um, the school sponsorship program right now we have 30 kids um, and I think we have about four who are aging up. This ne- after this next semester ends, so at the beginning of 2017, uh, we'll have a few more who we'll be looking for sponsors for. But oh um, it's um, right now we ask our sponsors to donate $30 a month, um, and that basically provides um, school fees. It provides a uniform every year, shoes once a year, and um, kind of any school supplies. Um, we get them started with school supplies, yeah. Um, like the things that they would need to get in the door on the first day. Um, we do ask our ladies for basically for everything that we kind of hand at them, um, hand to them. We also ask them for a buy-in mm-hmm. um, because just like we've got, you know, if you go to the doctor with your insurance plan, um, you've got a copay, and basically yeah. that copay is just painful enough that you don't abuse your insurance plan. Right. Same thing here. Um, when we started the, the uh, medical fund, the ladies' buy-in is that they have to pay the transportation fee and get themselves to the clinic, um, which is a nominal fee um, compared to the medical care. So same thing, we want wanted a buy-in um, 
with the school sponsorship. Yeah. Um, and so the, the ladies buy-in is like at the end of the year, um, they have testing fees. The mamas are responsible for that. Um, and then whatever kind of incidental nickel and dimey kind of school, uh, supplies the moms also pay for. But, um, I think the the funnest thing, the neatest thing, besides just knowing that you're you're helping to educate this kid and you're helping to um, partner with their future, is that, um, like I said, we've been able to allow um, correspondence back and forth. Yeah. Um, and so there have been some really neat relationships that have been forged, um, just kind of over the ocean through these sponsorships that. They know that they might never meet this person, but they've they've got this person cheering them on from across the I world. So. I love it. I love it. And I love that the Mighty Rover Project has sort of those the the different ways that people can connect with, you know, with what you guys are doing in Uganda and the impact you guys are making. I mean, it's something as big or as, I mean, I, I say big, but just, you know, whether you're doing something like a sponsorship um, or you can just you know, go online and you can shop the beautiful things that are made and, and have something that tells a story. I mean, I, it's, it's funny, like Mighty River Project, like necklaces and textiles and baskets and like, they're like one of those things that's like my go-to gift for people. And people are always like, oh, this is so beautiful. It's so unique. It's something that just is really special and it's affordable. I mean, I think, that's the other thing too. So, you know, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm saying like, you know, as the holidays approach, you know, yeah, absolutely. Birthdays. I, the neat thing about fair trade gifts is that, you know, a gift is designed so that when you hand it to the person, it honors the recipient. Yeah. Um, but I think the neat thing about fair trade gifts is that it honors the recipient, but it also honors the hands that made it. Yes. And so you're yes. handing the person, not just a basket, but you're, almost like in some very beautiful way, like connecting your story with the recipient of that gift to this bigger story. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's never just a basket or just a necklace, but it's, it's, you know, like a piece of a life, like these baskets, um, make from, from anywhere from like eight hours to two or three days to make. Um, and so these ladies, um, it, it's honestly like a piece of their life, like yeah. being sent out. Yeah. Um, and I so, love that everything has a tag on it too, mm -hmm. where you can read a story a little bit about who made it. Yeah, everything comes tagged with with the lady who made it. So um, most of our baskets have a handwritten name on them, and you can actually go to our website and connect that name to the lady who made the basket and learn a little bit more about her. Yeah. So we want to make it really personal because – I, it's not just throwing money at a problem. It's it's loving people well. Yeah. It's all about the people. I love it. Now, where did you get the name The Mighty River Project? Yeah, so um, The Mighty River Project um, we chose. Um, it's kind of twofold. Firstly, um, where we got started um, is in Jinja, Uganda. Mm -hmm. um, that's where we moved when we lived there. Um, and that is the place where the source of the Nile is. So the Nile flows out from Lake Victoria, and you can actually take a little boat ride and see the water bubbling up from the oh, source wow. of the Nile. Um, so it's really beautiful and a really powerful experience. Um, so that river motif, we really wanted to kind of think about and expound on. Um, and rivers are neat because, you know, rivers don't do much but just flow. They just do their thing. Yeah. They don't do anything special. They don't think about anything they they just kind of flow and do yeah. their thing 
Um, but as they do that, they change the landscape. Yeah. And that's kind of what we want to do. Like just by employing these ladies, like people go to work every day all over the world. Yep. And just by us buying baskets or buying necklaces or buying a, a you know, a beautiful bag, we actually end up changing the world. Yeah just a little piece at a time. And so that's kind of the first river idea. And then the second one is um, a Bible verse in Amos chapter 5, verse 24. And it says, let justice roll on like a river. And so we really wanted to um, kind of, you know, like I talked about at the beginning, it's not justice that there are moms who dearly love these precious, amazing kids who can't be with them because of poverty. And so we wanted to just in our little scope and our little way as much as we could correct that injustice. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of our prayer and our hope for the Mighty River Project. Yeah, fun little fact. So my son's name is Amos, and we didn't find out when, my, when, I, when I was pregnant with Lily, we didn't actually find out if we were having a boy or a girl. So we had like a girl name lined up and we had a boy name lined up. Um, but when we were coming up with boy names, my husband had proposed the name Amos at some point, and I'll, that's a whole nother story for another day of how he got there but you know once he said it I was like oh I really like that name and I was like I I never hear it It it's just it was so weird well that day so this was you know I think it's really funny now I can kind of remember so this is when I was pregnant with Lily so this has been spring of 2013 so like three and a half years ago and and the name Amos had come up and that day I went to a fair trade fashion party at our friend Diana's house and I met you in person for the first time and was on your website later and this was the day that that John had proposed the name Amos and right there at the top of the web page was Amos 524 and I was just like what like it just I mean it was so weird that like that day we'd been talking about the name Amos and I was just like, well, yeah, I think so. And then, like, right there, boom, like, right in my face was the verse, Amos 524, let, let justice roll on, like, river righteousness, like a never-failing stream. And I I called John, and I was like, John, look, like, this is so weird. I was like, I guess Amos is what we're supposed to yeah, name our, meant to be. our son. Well, obviously, we had a daughter, so but we still <laughs> held on to the name Amos, and... And then Amos was born in February, but um, and we actually have that verse on the wall in Aww. Amos's room because that's one of the the reasons that we named him. So, you know, I, I feel like there's like a little bit of like a kindred connection yeah. between <laughs> us and the Mighty River Project. Well, but. and I think that's so like. I think that's such a neat part of what we get to watch unfold mm-hmm. is that we get to watch people who have never set foot in Uganda yeah, um, kind of like merge little bits of their stories with like these ladies that, that yeah. we love so much. So yeah. it, it really is. It, it makes a, a bigger connection. And I think whenever you can get that bigger connection, it makes the world better. So. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, so just sort of... Uh, you know, a couple of things. So tell me a little bit about your family. So you have actually, you have three kids with a fourth on the way. Yes. And um, so two of them you adopted from Uganda. Um, and so I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about sort of your family. And so, I mean, obviously your husband Scott is awesome. And, and you guys started the Mighty River Project together and yeah. kind yeah. of how that all came together. Um, yeah, Scott is amazing. He's the one who um, works at a full-time job so that I can be allowed to kind of help out with the Mighty River Project during the day. Um, so yeah, we have three kids with a fourth one on the way. Um, our oldest daughter is 14. She's from Uganda. Our son 
well, our oldest son now, mm-hmm. um, is 12. He's also from Uganda. So they've been home. It'll be nine years in December. Wow. Um, so they came home when they were four and five and a half. Um, and then we have a biological daughter named Sophie. She'll be seven in November. And then we've got um, another son due in November. Oh so, um, and they're great. Um, it's It's kind of been really neat to see how I think when you live your passion in front of your kids yes um, they grow their own passions and mm-hmm. they want to be involved in that I think in a lot of ways like to to raise an interesting kid you have to do something interesting with your life and like whether that's like I'm really passionate about yoga and fitness and like I want my kids to see that or you know, I'm really passionate about, you know, this country 7,000 miles away. Yeah. Um, it's been really neat to see um, kind of how our kids have wanted to be involved and help out. And um, our oldest daughter, um, we have home parties where we bring giant trunks full of full of uh, baskets and, and Ugandan swag. And yeah. um, she'll come. And it's really interesting to see her. Um, kind of come full circle with, well, I'm from Uganda and I get to pour back into Uganda by um, just just telling the story, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they're they're great kids. I've got a great family. And yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do this if they weren't able to lend a helping hand. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so now tell me something a little bit about I like to ask what's like a fun fact about Aaron like what's something that is like it can be related to the Mighty River Project it can be something that like you'd like to do for fun on the side I know you I mean you homeschool your kids which is like I mean again you're like mom goals as well like you just yeah, no. homeschool run them run the Mighty River Project all we, the we muddle through most you guys were like dissecting frogs a couple weeks ago I was like oh my goodness wow yeah, you our are kitchen amazing. table is very versatile so we we do frog dissection <laughs> And we wipe the table off really well, and, and we have, have you know, do Mighty River Project stuff on it, and then we wipe the table off again yeah. and eat dinner. Um, but yeah, gosh, fun fact about Aaron. See, you talk about mom goals, but like <laughs> I have, I look at the ladies that we serve, and I have like these craft goals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I I am crafty in my heart, but I'm not that crafty in my talent. <laughs> Um, but I think that there's something in me that I feel a little bit disquieted if I don't try to do something creative every day. Yeah. Um, so I try to do something creative every day. I it, like that. It, the, the end product is not as good as a basket. These ladies have tried to teach me to make baskets and it, it looks sad. <laughs> um, so I should stay away from the crafting, but I like it. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. So how can, for those of you that do not know, um, for our listeners that do not know the Mighty River Project, how can they connect with the Mighty River Project and find out more and, and you know, become a donor? Because I'm, I'm going to say it because I love the Mighty River Project and I love what they're doing and I believe in it and I think you should too. But you know, for those of you that are listening, um, how can they connect with you? Um, yeah. So we have a website, themightyriverproject.com, or you can Google us if that's your thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are on Facebook. Um, that is kind of our primary means of update is yeah. Facebook and Instagram. So the Mighty River Project on Facebook and at symbol Mighty River Proj, um, P-R-O-J, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and we update that um, 
if you want to buy some of these ladies' incredible products or check them out to see if you would like to buy them, um, you can go on our website to do that. Um, if you're local to almost anywhere in North Carolina, um, we do home parties. And yeah. so um, we show up at your house and you basically just provide some snacks and a surface for us to plop our stuff out on. Yeah. Um, and um, you get a $100 credit for... Um, kind of inviting us into host as your hostess perk. Um, and so if you'd like to do that, you can find more information about that on the website. And then donating. Um, if, if baskets and stuff isn't your thing, if you have enough stuff or if you like the way your house is decorated already mm-hmm. or if you don't buy gifts for people, um, we will happily and gratefully and responsibly um user donations for a lot of good like for example uh, there was a lady who required a c-section and that's it was over and above what her medical stipend was and so we were able to kind of use some of those donations to um, allow her to have a safe delivery so there's lots of neat stuff happening in Uganda that we would be really grateful if you'd consider donating Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It was awesome just getting to see you and yeah, getting to talk you with you. thank you for having me. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, uh, leave a review on iTunes, share with your friends because that's how we get the word out about this little old podcast, if you will, you know, this little old podcast. <laughs> uh, but again, thank you for listening to the Business with Purpose podcast. My name is Molly Stillman from stillbeingmolly.com and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.